Hey guys, welcome back to the Road to Mass podcast. I'm Matt Giglio. I'm in Dong. 25 days until the college basketball season tips off. Yes, and this is attempt number two. We won't talk about what just happened when we were doing it, but uh, yes, 25 days, like you said, till the season begins. Today's episode, the WAC Conference, also known as the Western Athletic Conference. A very good conference, and uh, they got uh, four new teams coming into this conference this year, all from the Southland. Uh, we'll talk about them in a little bit of depth later, but uh, very excited to get to today's episode as the WAC looks to be a legit high, good mid-major conference. So I'm very excited to see what happens the second to last one till we get to those high major conferences. Yeah, and the WAC will only get even better starting next year when Southern Utah uh, comes in. And we forgot to mention this right now, but in the first attempt, second to last uh, conference or last, whatever you want to call the West Coast Conference, it could be a high major, it could be the best uh, mid-major. All depends on uh, someone's opinion. Indeed it does. And uh, just very excited to get to today's episode as there are now 13 teams in this WAC conference. Uh, so let's just get, like you said, Southern Utah is joining next year. But let's just quickly talk about these four new teams coming to this conference before we get to the rundown of this conference. So the four teams coming in, Stephen F. Austin, uh, we got Sam Houston State, we have Lamar, and we also have Albine Christian. I know what you like to do, horn it down, ha, ha, ha. But I'm going to get a lot this episode. But, uh, yeah, just very excited to get to uh, the WAC Conference this year as uh, these four Southland teams definitely bring a lot of high uh, competitive uh, level of basketball to the WAC, which really it's been seen through teams like Grand Canyon, New Mexico State, and this conference years prior. But it definitely brings a higher uh, level of basketball to the conference as a whole. Yeah, and uh, if you guys don't know the drill yet, one or two more episodes before we stop saying it. Player of the year, Dark Horse, 13 to 1. Who is your player of the year for this conference? Yeah, there's a lot of good guys for player of the year, but I'm going to go with a guy from Stephen F. Austin and newcomer Gavin Kensmill coming to the conference. 16 points a game, 7 rebounds, 1.5 assists, and 1.5 steals per game this past year. He was the focal point for Stephen F. Austin last year, and they're going to be looking pretty good once again as four stars return. Talk about them in a little bit of depth later this episode, but Kensmill, definitely the key focal point to that team, and coming to the new conference, uh, very big expectations considering Stephen F. Austin has been a powerhouse in the Southland. Uh, the, probably the past decade, if I do say so myself. But, uh, yeah, Ken's a uh, big piece to their success in years prior. It was going to be a key focal point, as he was last year in that offense. Yeah, I'm going to go with the nation's leading rebounder uh, from last year, from Utah Valley, for Dow's Amok, Amuk, sorry, 14 points, 15 rebounds, two assists, two blocks, insane stat line. His front court partner, Evan Cole, he's graduated. He took away seven rebounds from him, so I definitely think he could – he could really reach the 20 uh, rebounds per game plateau if he, if, he, if he tried. Yeah, and these two are just two of the many plentiful options you could pick for player of the year. You got a lot of great guys uh, that are coming into this conference and also returning from this conference. I go down the list on who is coming in and who is coming back, uh, who have produced maybe 15-plus a game and had very key production for their respective teams. But uh, there's a lot of guys we could cover. So, uh, I mean, it's just a really – toss-up, I think, and I just had to pick one, so I picked Kensmill. I could definitely pick a lot of other guys who are definitely qualified for player of the year, uh, at least for preseason, but we'll see what the regular season does and uh, who ends up being the one that's talking at the end of it all. But, uh, yes, time for Dark Horse now. My Dark Horse is going to be Seattle, a team who is familiar with this WAC conference, and they have been here for the past couple of years. Top eight to return for the Seattle team. Should be an all right team. Uh, it's going to be very difficult to rise, though, with these four new teams from the Southland coming into this conference. Very underrated season, though, last year. Finished fifth uh, in regular season play. They lost in the semifinals to 
I believe they lost to Grand Canyon, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes, I'm pretty sure they lost to Grand Canyon because uh, they were the one seed, and uh, obviously Seattle was the five seed. But they do return three key options, and Darion Tramiel, Riley Grigsby, and Aaron Nettles. So I do expect Seattle to be a very high-powered offense. It really just depends on the defense from this team and how su successful they can be. Yeah, and my dark horse, let's just get started with the horse down already. Alvin Christian, it is my dark horse. Uh, the top two options, Joe Pleasant. You remember Joe Pleasant, obviously. Uh, of course I do. Why wouldn't I? He's your worst nightmare. And uh, Colton Cole, the big man, he's also gone. Those were the top two scorers. They're both gone. But the other three starters are back. Most of the bench is also back. And obviously, one of the best defenses in the nation. Yeah, indeed it was. Uh, Alban Christian, very good defensive team. Got to give them that respect. And, uh, I mean, they did a lot of things people didn't expect them to do last year. I don't think many people expected them to beat Texas in the first round. I mean, people were saying it, but uh, I really didn't believe it until I watched that game. And they did a very good defensive-minded scheme against Texas. So uh, I got to give them respect. Uh, I have plenty of times, but I'm, I'm past it now. But, uh, yeah, I got to respect them. But uh, it's going to be a little bit hard losing their Tazu options and only returning. A couple key pieces from the Southland champs last year, but uh, let's just get started now with the actual rankings for the WAC conference. So, uh, let's, yeah, I mean, we know who's last, unfortunately. Um, Chicago State. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you, if you saw what happened last year, they only played, I believe, seven games before they canceled the season due to COVID. Um, no stars return. It's only the bench players returning for this team. Well, we know the history. Uh, at one point in the season, they didn't have enough scholarship players to play. They had to get some other guys to come in. Where? I don't really know. But uh, remaining a Lafayette Stock team in all of NCAA basketball, unfortunately. So, sorry. Always the last place team. This team definitely the last place. Uh, no question. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to be too brutal, but I think this is probably the worst college basketball team this year. Yeah, I don't see any objections with that, unfortunately. So, let's just move on now to number 12. Number 12, I got Dixie State here at number 12. Three stars and some of the bench do return for Dixie State. A very a very decent season, uh, year one in Division One. Uh, they do return some pretty key pieces in Cameron Gooden, Hunter Schofield, and also Frank Steeny. Uh, they should have another good season ahead. It's just very hard to move up with these four new Southland teams coming in. So I think Dixie State will remain towards the bottom three, but they could move up maybe one or two spots depending on how the season goes. Yeah, uh, at number 12, I have UT Rio Grande Valley here. Obviously, very high expectations for them last year. But unfortunately, their coach did pass away uh, in the middle of the season. I remember that. Only two starters do return and some bench. I think this is more of a transition year, especially with a new coach. Yeah, uh, very tough uh, middle of the season tragedy, I'd say, for Utah, UT, Rio Grande Valley, excuse me. Uh, yeah, just obviously still, it's been, it's been a while. But uh, the WAC definitely took a lot of tragic hits uh, last year, especially uh, also, Oscar Payne, I believe it was for Grand Canyon. Uh, he also Oscar Fryer, excuse me. Uh, he also unexpectedly passed away. I believe it was the day before, or the day after the March Madness game they had in a car crash. So uh, obviously condolences and uh, obviously prayers up to both of those guys. But yes, I got UT Rio Grande Valley here at number eleven. Two stars and some of the bench players do return, like you said, do return. Quentin Johnson the third, and also bringing some pretty underrated transfers. But I do say so myself. Both hunch with this team last year. I believe we both had them first, or you had them first, I believe. I don't, I don't remember exactly where I had them. I, I had them first as well. I think you had New Mexico State first. Okay, I think I, I think I might have. But uh, regardless, this team had pretty high expectations, but didn't really exceed those. Unfortunately, uh, it's going to be a down year, I think, and like you said, a rebuild year this year, especially. Mm -hmm. 
number 11 for me, Dixie State. Like you said, three starters and some bench players return. Hunter Schofield, actually uh, second-team all-conference last year. He's a terrific player. Uh, that alone, I think, would, would leapfrog them to number 11. Definitely. And now for number 10. Number 10, I have Tarleton State right here. Return off all five starters and some of the bench. Pretty decent season. Uh, first year in year one of Division One, excuse me. But uh, Tarleton State looks to be pretty good once again. Do return Montre Gibson, who was a top option last year. A very good season he had and his first year of Division One basketball. Another team is going to be very hard to move up with these four new Southland teams. I got Tarleton State here number 10. Could have to move up one or two spots, but I don't see them getting anywhere past number eight. Mm -hmm. At number 10, Unfortunately, I have to put my dark horse out by Christian here. I feel like uh, the talent level is, is not there, especially moving to a higher competitive conference. The defense can only take them so much so far. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised you put them this low. I uh, had them here at number nine. Uh, I think this is probably the worst team from the Southland coming in now, losing Colton Cole and Joe Pleasant. But, uh, yeah, three stars and some of the bench do return for the reigning Southland champs. We all know what happened, and we all know what this team is capable of. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how they readjust and what they can do differently in the defensive scheme to the mind of things with this Alabama Christian team. So uh, they do return uh, Corin Mason as the new top option. He was the second, I believe he was the second, third option, excuse me, uh, last year for Alabama Christian. So he's a new top guy. So we'll see what happens, and we'll see who else can produce some scoring because uh, the defense is definitely there. It's just a matter of the offensive mind side of the ball. If that's there, I'm not too sure. I got Ivan Christian here, though, at number nine. Mm -hmm. At number nine, I have Tarleton State, so a little flip-flop for us. Like you said, all five starters and some bad bench back. Decent first year, and you know who their coach is, Billy Kennedy. He he has a bit of a resume himself. Good. There's there's the good side and the bad side of him. But, yeah, uh, Tarleton State, but definitely an experienced team. Indeed they are. And uh, now approaching the top eight, near halfway of this conference, number eight. We both have Cal Baptist here. Cal Baptist, man, a team that did all right last year, but not nearly where we thought they were going to be. Uh, however, this year looks to be pretty a little bit more promising as four stars and some of the bench players do return for Cal Baptist. I really do like this team as a low tier dark horse in my eyes. Uh, they do bring back, uh, they do bring, excuse me, Chance Hunter from Long Beach State and also Pavel uh, Zakharov from Gonzaga. Uh, so, yes, an under-the-radar team in the newly aligned WAC conference. Four double digit scores return, though. And uh, Ty, Ty Rowell, uh, Ty Rowell, I think that's how you say it. Uh, he's definitely a very good player. He could be a player of the year, depending on how they do this year. Reed Nottage, Trey Armstrong, and also Elijah Thomas. So watch out, Cal Baptist. What was your dark horse in my eyes? Yeah, uh, I couldn't agree uh, more with you. Cal Baptist is a very good offensive team. They can put up 90 to 100 points. On any day, like you said, four double-digit scores back. I like this team at number eight as well. Indeed. And now approaching number seven. Number seven, Lamar. Welcome to the WAC, Lamar. Three stars and a little bit of the bench do return. Shouldn't be a problem, though. They return Davion Buster, another another possible player of the year candidate. And also Kanson, uh, Kassan, Kaysen, oh, Kaysen, excuse me, Harrison. Uh, additionally, bringing in Jordan Adams from Austin Pay, underrated transfer right here. Watch out for Lamar. They could be pretty deadly with that scoring. It really just depends on the defensive side of the ball for this team. Yeah, definitely agree with you. Lamar at number seven, three starters and a little bench. And yeah, like you said, Jordan Adams from Austin Pay. He was in the doghouse last year, but you saw what he was capable of two years ago. He was the um, Ohio Valley Conference Freshman of the Year. Indeed he was, so I think he's going to be a huge production alongside Davion Buster and Kaysen Harrison as well with that big three for Lamar. Now approaching number six, 
Number six, my dark horse, Seattle, appears right here. I talked about them a lot, but uh, top eight do return. I think this team can be very good. It really just depends on the defensive side of the ball, which is a lot for a lot of these middle-of-the-tier teams in the WAC, uh, defensive side of the ball. The offensive side's there for Seattle, definitely. Returning Darian Trimmel, Riley Grisby, and Aaron Nettles. really just depends on the defense for this team. If they can do it, they can be an underrated team, like I said, as my dark horse. But uh, if not, this team could definitely drop a couple spots, and I'm not really exceed their expectations this year. Uh-huh. Number six for me, Sam Houston State. Four starters and a bench return. The one guy that's not returning, uh, Zach Nudal. Obviously, he's he's at SMU now. Uh, I remember that. Uh, yeah, he's at SMU now. And, yeah, I think I think this is still a solid team. I just think the top five are, are better and more experienced. Yeah, indeed. I think Sam Houston is going to be pretty good. I know they lost Zach Nudal. I'm very surprised you remember where he went because I did not remember myself. But, uh, yes, now going to number five. Uh, number five, I got Utah Valley right here, a team uh, you talked about with your player of the year at Fardaz, I'm, I'm Mark, or I'm Mook. Uh, but, yes, three stars, some of the bench players do return for Utah Valley. This team was pretty successful last year. They actually finished second in the conference. They did lose in the semifinals, though, to New Mexico State. Uh, but, yes, uh, this team is another team that will fall just a tad uh, due to the rise of the Southland. Uh, they, they do return Trey Woodbury, a guy who, uh, who will be a running mate and uh, pretty much – uh, I don't know if he'll be the second option or first option, but Fardaz and Mark is also there. I think Woodbury averaged a little bit more on the season, but obviously Amak is the big man who gets the rebounds like we talked about. But, yeah, those two deadly duo there for Utah Valley, it's going to take them pretty far, but I got them here at number five. Still going to be a very good team, one of the better ones from the WAC uh, in terms of the teams that are joining from the Southland. Yeah, and at number five for me, your dark horse, Seattle, another offensive-minded uh, team, the top eight return going to be a lot of points put up for this program yeah a lot of points indeed definitely for Seattle and Sam Houston State for me number four this team's also going to put up a lot of points even though they do lose Zach Nunnall the top option from last year but like you said four stars and some of the best you return uh thankfully though they do bring in a piece that can hopefully compensate for Zach Nunnall and Sivion Flag uh, from Texas A&M I do think this team still be very good as second option from last year Demarcus Lampley he also returns I believe he averaged 14 and a half a game also could be in consideration for uh, player of the year or first team conference player for the WAC. So I'm very excited to see what Sam Houston State can do in year one in the WAC conference. Mm-hmm. At number four, I have Utah Valley. Uh, like you mentioned, the, the WAC just became really good and they're going to drop down a little bit. Uh, like you said, second in conference last year, they returned Woodbury and a mock my player of the year as top options. And you're right, looking at the stats, Woodbury did average just a little more than a mock. Just a little bit, but uh, they're still two very good players and obviously the focal points for that Utah Valley team. And now approaching the top three. Here's where things get a little bit interesting as we have three different teams in three different places. Same three teams, but also three different places. Number three, Grand Canyon here for me jumps into number three. Obviously, the reigning WAC champs from last year. They do return just one starter and some of the bench this upcoming season. Tragic getting into the season, like I said earlier, uh, rest in peace to Oscar Fryer and also prayers up to his family. Uh, but, yes, heavy hearts for this Grand Canyon team this upcoming season. Great chance result coming in, led by Holland Woods III and Tayshawn Cherry from uh, Arizona State and Dima Zador from Weaver State as well. Many more also underrated chances as well. Uh, they do return. They do lose the big man, uh, Mitad. I do not remember his last name, but he was a beast for them last year. One of the reasons why Grand Canyon was so successful. But uh, they should definitely compete in the WAC once again. Do return uh, Javon Blackshear Jr. as a top option last year. Very excited to see what Grand King can do, though. Still going to be a very good team in the WAC. Yeah, 
at number three for me, I got the newcomers, Stephen F. Austin. Obviously, they've been running the Southland for, for years now. Unfortunately, did not make the tournament last year. Uh, such a great team. Four starters are back. Uh, not much of the bench is back, but their starters are, are really good. They have another transfer. Um, I forget his name. And, yeah, Stephen F. Austin in the top three easily. Yeah, the transfer you're talking about, Latrell Jussell coming in from Kansas. Uh, didn't play too much at Kansas last year, but still could be a pretty key piece as he was a high major guy, recruit coming into Kansas once. So uh, definitely see how he turns out going to Stephen F. Austin. But now number two. Number two, a team we have not talked about today just yet, New Mexico State. Four stars and some of the bench to return for New Mexico State. And a quote-unquote underwhelming season last year in terms of their reaching success. This team's been in the March Madness uh, at least a couple times this past decade. But then they do return a lot of key pieces led by Jabari Rice, Johnny Tillman, Johnny McCants. Initially, the big, the big, probably the biggest transfer I think coming back, Teddy Allen coming back home to New Mexico State. Uh, he played there. He went to Nebraska, I believe, right? All right. Went to so, Nebraska, right? So what? He went from West Virginia. Did not play a game there. He went to New Mexico. He went to a community college in New Mexico. That's oh, he did. Yeah, he did. He didn't. He didn't go to New Mexico State at all. No, he oh, went, he went I'm to community college. I think it was in New Mexico, and then he went to Nebraska, and now he's here. Okay, so full circle, kind of, as he goes to New Mexico State, uh, going to be a very key piece to this team's success. And uh, this team definitely expected to be near the top of the WAC once again. And this team's very deadly and very dangerous with all four of these guys now coming in. So watch out, New Mexico State could have something brewing, and this team could be a sleeper team if they do make it to March. Yeah, number two for me. Grand Canyon, uh, like you said, the reigning WAC champs return just one starter. Those two um, Arizona State guys, they're, they're pretty good, and they have their own resumes as well. And, uh, yeah, I really like this team. There's another Drew brother trying to make his legacy. That is Bryce Drew, the coach of Grand Canyon. Yes, a very good coach, very underrated coach as well. And now my number one team, Stephen F. Austin, is my number one team for the WAC. Four stars, a little bench to return, but uh, this team – Another mid-major team with a lot of historic success. You remember a couple years ago, they beat Duke off a nasty buzzer beater. Um, and they also, they've had some great success in March Madness as well. But this team looking to be pretty good. They do return three double-digit scores led by Gavin Kesmel, Roddy Ware, and also David uh, Cacilares. Also, Latrell Jossell, like I said, coming from Kansas. Never sleep on Stephen F. Austin. If you have not learned anything about them the past couple years, you can never sleep on them. I think this team's going to shock a lot of teams coming into year one in the WAC and uh, swoop everyone away. But it's going to be a very close race, I think, with these top five teams or even probably even six teams. So I'm very excited to get to the WAC as it's going to be a pretty loaded conference this year. Sorry, I was muted. I'm never muted, but I was, I was somehow muted. My number one team, I think they'll finally take back the number one spot they've been holding for a long time. New Mexico State, obviously. Very bad season, very uh, underwhelming season last year. I think they are back this year. Four starters and some of the bench. Their fifth starter is Teddy Allen, who is, was definitely an all-Big Ten player if he played the full season. Like you said, many high-major uh, caliber players are playing for this team. Donnie Tillman, Johnny McCants, Jabari Rice, you can name it. Uh, I think this team easily the most talented team in this conference. And I'm going I'm – going, I'm one of the few times I'm going with the hype. Yeah, indeed you are, but uh, I think it's going to be a very good conference. Like I said, six, I think it's six teams deep, could even be even more. But uh, 
this is probably the biggest question. Um, with these new additions, and even if you add some of Utah coming in for next year, 2022, do you think the WAC conference is now a two-bit, or do you still believe that it is a one-bit conference for March Madness? Um, I think the WAC is unfortunately still a one-bit. Yes. I Right now, I would agree. It really just, just depends on non-conference success and quad one, two, three, four wins. We talked about this with the Missouri Valley Conference and the Ohio Valley Conference. If you're not seeing that, go check it out. But uh, you had a very good debate with the quad wins and all that good stuff with Belmont, I believe it was, losing to Sanford, I believe you yeah. said. But uh, it's just a really another debate on non-conference scheduling because we know that's going to be very uh, good and teams are just going to beat up on each other in this black conference because there's a lot of very good high town teams. That's just how it's going to be. Unless two teams go or one team goes undefeated and one team steals the bid, that's pretty much the only way I see this being a two-bid. But as of right now, it's not going to be. But uh, I would love to see it be a two-bid in the near future with some Utah coming in. Definitely, I think the WAC definitely elevates to one of the better mid-major conferences in all of the nation. Uh, and you got a lot of great mid-major conferences. This one definitely on the rise as of recent years. So I'm very excited to see where the WAC can go now as they got four teams coming in this year and also a good team with sudden news are coming in next year. So it's just a matter of if and when and what the future holds for this WAC conference in the future. Yeah, and I feel like it's, it sounds cliche for, for every conference we do. I feel like we want every uh, low and mid-major um, conference to, to, to have multiple bids. That's just us. We love the mid and low uh, major teams. Yeah, I mean, they're good and they're underrated. I mean, some of the conferences are very good teams, and it's just unfortunate to see only one of them is going to make it. But I guess it's a success. I guess it's a beauty of the non-conference stuff. But I would love to see those teams that not make it have their little own battle, not even in the NIT, but I'll get all the mid-majors in their own little March Madness tournament. That's why there's the CBI and the CIT. I mean, yeah, I mean, but like still, I mean, some of those teams still don't even make it there. But uh, I don't know. It's just a matter of if and when. But regardless, mid-majors, you got to show them some love. This WAC definitely going to receive a lot of love this year and the next year as well with Southern Utah coming in. But, yeah, it's going to be a bloodbath. Like I said, top six, seven, uh, maybe even eight teams are competing. And uh, don't not sleep on any of these teams. Maybe maybe the last team, sorry, Chicago State. But, um, yes, I do, I do, I really do think all these teams are going to be very good. And even you got Alpine Christian there at 10 or 9. So, uh you never know what's going to expect with this whack, and it's going to be a trial and error this year, especially with the four new teams. I'm very excited to see where it pans out and where it ends up going for the future. Mm-hmm. And the next conference up, but finally there, the West Coast Conference. You know who the number one team is already. Yeah, you know who it is. Uh, we don't really got to say it, but that uh, will probably be coming out Sunday or Monday, depending on the time. But uh, we got to get a little bit rolling with these uh, high majors, as we got now. I believe it's 14 more, I believe, or it might be a little bit less. But uh, regardless, we still got 25 days. So we got a, we got a little bit over now, uh, three weeks till that season begins. I'm just very excited. And uh, I remember you showed me the tweet earlier today, I believe it was, of all the games on day one of college basketball. Man, oh, man, there is a lot of good games. So I'm very excited to get to those games. And those are just like the low major. And, and we still got the Champions Classic as well to cover. Uh, so I'm just very excited to get back to college basketball. It's been a long time coming, and it's finally here in less than three, a uh, little bit over three weeks. Yeah, I'm excited as well. And good luck to the Red Sox today uh, with their series against the Astros, where we're rooting for for the Red Sox, obviously. And the Celtics, they're beginning their season soon, and Bruins as well. So Boston sports is ramping up again. 
Indeed it is, and uh, also good luck to BC this weekend. The football team's looking pretty good, so we'll see what happens. And uh, just very exciting time to be a college sports, uh, college slash NFL professional sports uh, player. And uh, not player, watcher, you know what I mean. But, uh, yeah, college basketball, another another sport coming relatively soon. I'm just very excited for it. But, uh, yeah, 25 days that season begins. A little bit of time left, but uh, next up, West Coast Conference. We'll probably get to get that to you Sunday or Monday, depending on the time. But, uh, yeah, gang, that is all we have for today's episode. Thank you guys for tuning in, as always. And it's always March, baby. It's always March, baby. Thank you guys for tuning in.